Sick of pink it and shrink it? Us too. That's why we trust Isle Royal Outfitters as our source for women-exclusive hunting and fishing apparel. Their products are meticulously field-tested, incorporating new solutions to ensure all apparel is silent, scent-free, and designed specifically for women, so nothing stands in the way of your hunt. With a woman-first approach and exclusive camo prints, you can ensure these products will not only stand up to your time in the field, but can also be utilized in everyday life. Check out isleroyaloutfitters.com and use code ARTEMIS20 for 20% off your next purchase. That's isleroyaloutfitters.com and code ARTEMIS20. Hey everybody, welcome to the Artemis Podcast. I am your host, Marsha Brownlee. This is a very special bonus episode of the Artemis Podcast. It's our annual gifts episode where we share the perfect gift ideas for you and your friends. So we've timed it as a holiday episode, but we really hope that you'll come back to it throughout 2022 uh, for great ideas whenever you feel like giving a gift. Uh, quick note before we begin, this list does not necessarily focus on the biggest and fanciest gear, um, because we are not the fanciest people. Instead, it focuses on what each of us has found to be most useful in the field and or things we've noticed over time and over experience would be beneficial to have with us. I'm super excited to be joined for this conversation by Artemis Podcast alumni Sharenda Burtz and Hannah Markham. Hello to you both. Hi, I think we were probably both waiting. (laughs) (laughs) We were. Hello, ladies. (laughs) That's awesome. It's the you go first problem of doing uh, remote (laughs) podcast recordings. Very cool. Uh, Can you both do a super brief introduction to remind our listeners who you are? Uh, Hannah, why don't you go and go first? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm Hannah Markham, and I recently was on a, a episode talking about myself and women's gear, and um, I am in my early 30s and have been hunting for the last five years, and I live in Texas. That's a, that's about what I got. <laughs> Perfect. And Sharenda, what about a brief overview for you as well? I'm Sharenda. I'm a repeat offender, and I am with the one of the founding um, members of Wilderness.org. I am also a late to the game outdoors woman. Um, I've only been hunting. I guess I'm going coming up on year four now. To be very beginning of year four, and still learning and growing. Perfect. Uh, and to our listeners, if you guys haven't listened to our podcast with Sharenda and Hannah already, I strongly encourage you to go back and do so. Um, they are conversations where I honestly forget that I'm recording a podcast and really just enjoy talking and laughing and learning. So again, thank you both for being with me. Absolutely. One question before we dive into our lists is I love giving kind of an overview of approaches to gear because I think... Um, how people approach gear can give a lot of information um, to new hunters uh, and break some um, perceived barriers to what gear is necessary to get started. So, Sharenda, what's your overall approach to gear? Um, I approach gear exactly how I'm going to use it. Um, If I'm trying on clothing in a store... I, uh, and actually, I think I can't remember who dubbed it this, me or Hannah, because I've actually chatted with her about this too. I prison pose in my Ooh. gear in the mirror. 
<laughs> you mean you're you're squatting, you're stretching your legs, you're acting as if you're climbing up um, several steps at one time, just to check out the comfort and stretchability. And for me, if it's a gadget, I'm testing everything on it, no matter how ridiculous it is or if it's something I won't use or not. And even if it's something as simple as a chair, I've, I've, my family probably is tired of me. I even have gotten a bucket, like a big, huge barrel bucket, and set my marsh chair in to see how it will hold up in the water and how quickly it dries. So I'm like an oversized adult um what was it, Beekman's World or whatever the one is that did all that stuff as an adult for the kid channel. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's my approach. <laughs> I love the field test of putting the chair in the bucket to see how long it takes to dry. That I would benefit from being more thoughtful about things like that. <laughs> Look, when you grow up an only child, you definitely find ways to entertain yourself. And I'm not so sure <laughs> if it's a good thing that carries into your adulthood. It's <laughs> awesome. It sounds like a good thing from this perspective. <laughs> Hannah, what's your overall approach to gear? So I, I would say that for the most part, I have learned lessons by making mistakes. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do for sure. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've learned a lot of what not to do. And that has kind of helped me going forward about how I approach gear and what is worth it and what is not worth it. And I think that that also, you know, that last part is really a big part of my, you know, opinion about things. Like I, I like things that work, but if I can find it that for cheaper, like that's, that's where, that's my like ultimate, like. I'm going for the cheaper thing that mit that hits all of my boxes. So perfect. And I think I have a very similar approach to the two of you. I again, Sharenda, like there are good things about my approach and bad things about my approach, <laughs> but I definitely have a I will make do without it perspective in all areas of my life. Like if I can do without it, then I will do without it. And so sometimes that gets me um undergeared in the field where, where I wish I had something that I don't have with me. Uh, but I think more often than not, it means that whenever I do add gear, it's because I've determined that I really need it based on experience and, and what I didn't have. So learning by mistakes for sure. Um, but then just being really intentional with the gear that I purchased to help fill that need. Um, so I'm excited to dive in and to hear what's on your list. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to make a quick note to everybody that this episode is not sponsored. So any specific brands that we talk about, we do so based on our own personal experience and without any compensation. Uh, for whatever that's worth, I just wanted to put that out there to start with. Oh, can I add to mine as well? Yeah. You know, one of the things, and I, I need to stop myself, that is how me and Hannah became buddies because I actually um, reached out to her to ask her her opinion on her gear and fit of clothing. And she's always just been on top of everything and shares her true candid opinion. And I respect her review of gears. It was just one little inquiry to her and it just kind of sparked. We just kind of like hit it off when it came to gear and asking questions. And I love Hannah for that. That's awesome. Have you guys Aww. had a chance to meet in person? We did. Yes. 
<laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> it was at our uh, wilderness.org uh, first big event. Um, it was called Go Wild, Go Outdoors, Where You Lead Discovery. And it was a weekend event, uh, various activities where we had 60 women sign up and participate with everything wow. from firearms with all three disciplines to kayaking, angling, Dutch oven cooking, um, impromptu uh, roadkill. <laughs> and we just had... Wait, wait, wait. A- impromptu roadkill. What? <laughs> Uh, well, one of the ladies drove up the street to go get some snacks, and it was like a five-minute drive from the camp, and there was no squirrel in the middle of the road. And she drove back, and there was a fresh squirrel in the middle of the road, so she grabs it up by the tail, hangs out her window, drives the camp, and said, hey, can somebody show us how to field strip? I mean, yeah. I field strip. Can yeah. somebody show us how to field dress a squirrel? And then another lady was, hey, I got a Dutch oven in my uh, car. I can go um, forage and we can have squirrel. And, yeah. That's amazing. It was it was fun. <laughs> uh, Hannah, how far of a drive is that for you? It was it was a good – it was a trek. So from Texas to uh, Missouri, yeah, it was the longest I've ever driven completely by myself. And so now that I've done it, I'm like, oh, I can do that again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, and I that's squirrel story is the best. Way to way to take advantage of the situation. I well I oh go the ahead. The funniest thing about it is that like in any other um situation or group of women that you that you were that you're in and your like other, you know, hobbies or whatever, if that situation had happened, the reaction would have been completely <laughs> different because a lot of the women were like like I think somebody yelled like hey do you want to see you know uh, you know skinning a squirrel or whatever and everyone was like oh yeah and we all like went out to go watch and we're like pretty like engaged and I can just imagine like with my other you know non-hunting friends women would be like mortified but we were all very you know interested because we were all there to learn exactly like what that was so it was it's interesting for sure (laughs) It definitely was. It's the perfect learning opportunity. And I appreciate whoever had the thought to grab that squirrel. And also everybody just take a moment to appreciate driving past a car where somebody's holding a dead squirrel out the window and try to make sense of that image. Um, Yeah, there's just so much about that story. That's fantastic. Uh, Okay, Sharenda, what is the first item on your gift list so the first item on mine is my sound gear phantom earbuds they're um hearing they're a combo of hearing well hybrid is what i should say of hearing enhancers hearing protectors and i also would like being extra and they're bluetooth so i can actually listen to audiobooks or text messages because my um, it my phone will read my text messages to me, and it's just something great to have in the field because I can listen to music while I'm upland hunting or at the range and still hear a conversation and still suppress loud firearm sounds, 
And I think my only complaint I have about them is, oh, my God, it enhances cricket farts. So that's number <laughs> you say one. You could hear cricket farts? Oh, my God. It, cri- I finally figured out how to adjust the crickets out, but the crickets sound like they're right there in your ear. Wow. That's if you amazing. love crickets, it was great. But until I figured out how to custom adjust the sound to filter them out, it yeah. just oh, they drove me nuts. <laughs> um, did I hear you right that this was a found item? Well, no, I kind of stalked it. So when Col- I was looking forward to them right when COVID happened and they couldn't uh, release them because they couldn't get apart because everything else was back ordered or not in production. So I kept calling them every month. Do you have an ETA? Do you have an ETA? And finally they were like, yes, Ms. Birds, call your doctor because I already had molds pre-fitted, ready to go. Oh, that's fantastic. So is is getting the molds pre-fitted a requirement? Yes, because they're custom fit to your ear. Oh, so so you literally just place them in and you, they're so – the custom customization – you don't feel them. They're they're like a part of you. That's amazing. You said they're called Phantom earbuds. Sound Gear Phantom, and they do make a, a line that doesn't have the Bluetooth. But, but I what? like to listen to audio books. Yeah. So I went for it, and I used. Uh, I didn't get sick, so I had money on my health savings card, and it paid for them. That is. Truly genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pro what do they call everybody? it? I ball on a budget. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Excellent way to spend a leftover HSA if you guys have it at the end of the year. Definitely. Hannah, what is the first item in your list? So if, if anybody ever, you know, has listened to me talk about gear for long enough, they are not going to be surprised by this first, my first item and that is base layers because they just are a game changer. And if I can say it, if I have the opportunity to say it again, <laughs> I'm going to. So base layers. Base layers, base layers, base layers. Absolutely. And I am not a, um, I used to be a, like a Morena wool purist. <laughs> um but I have a, a pair of synthetic because I know not everybody can wear wool just in general out like allergies or like a, just the aversion to like because it, it can be itchy and I'm not I'm never going to like shy away from that because for some people it really just they just don't like the feel of it against their skin and I get it. So um, I have a pair of synthetic ones that I love and I actually think are, are really they're up there <laughs> up on on par with Morena wool for me and that's actually from the um company forlo which oh, is yeah. their yeah the acronym it's like for for the love of of hunting so um their their base layers are really nice and like 100% made in america so you know all the good things right yeah um i recently so antelope hunting this like last month i um you know i was I worked up a good sweat and then got chilled because it was cold, but we had a stopover back at the car where I changed out my base layer um, and then went back into the field. And that made such a difference to my comfort. And I think I'm going to store an extra base layer in my backpack from here on out because walking to that blind, I think that would just help a lot in me retaining warmth. Jotting this down. Right. (laughs) 
Um, and base layers are light, right? Like that's if of all the layers to pack away, that's one of the easiest. You can just shove it in the bottom and hardly takes up any room. Absolutely. The first item on my list is shooting sticks. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you oh, shooting? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, the ones that I use, and actually we can, I want to delve into this a little bit because I love shooting sticks for a couple of reasons. One um, is the extra, of course, the extra stability that it provides in the field, um, which I find, you know, essential given that you never know where you're going to be shooting from and the extra adrenaline that you've got going through your system. But I also really like shooting sticks because you can practice with them at the range. And so your range experience and your field experience are so much more aligned. Before I had shooting sticks, you know, I was shooting off of the bench and then I get in the field and I'm shooting off my knee or shooting off a backpack. Um, and it's just a different experience entirely. So if, if I can make those two experiences align more closely, I find that my accuracy improved. Um, but I use the... The ones that I currently use, and they've been fine, they're the, it's a bipod folding um, shooting stick. And so they like unfold and fold up like tent poles do. Um, and they, they're super light um, and they work perfectly fine in the field. Uh, and I think things that I like about them, one is that they are light and they're pretty inexpensive. Mine cost about 30 bucks. Um, uh And they're really adjustable. But what I don't like about them is that uh, you have to take time to put the tent poles together, right? So you got to slide them in, which if you're trying to shoot in the field and not from the blind can be a little tricky. Um, And I do think that some of the more substantial shooting sticks um, with a thicker base or with a tripod base instead of a bipod base can offer even more stability than this little folding bipod does. Um, what do you guys use? So I use um, Primo's uh, trigger stick tripod. Um, I have a long one, but I asked Santa to bring me a short one because I was thinking um, it'll be good for uh, turkey hunting. And when I get to a point, where I'm stalking animals instead of at a blind, the short one may come in handy so I can crotch low and keep low. Yeah. So with the tall one, is that something you can shoot from standing? Oh, definitely. Or sitting. Like, it's the perfect height if you're inside a blind hunting whitetail. I mean, you literally can just slightly squeeze a trigger and lock it in. Or if you um, don't want to lock it in, as long as you're not holding the trigger, it's quiet adjustment. It's stable. You don't have to worry about leaning it and then getting the gun on there. You can just set it up. And then, you know, when you acquire your harvest, you can just put the gun on there and go. Mm, that's cool. Um, Hannah, what, what do you use? So I don't have a shooting stick. And I love that you brought this up because uh, last spring was my first ever gun hunting season for turkey season and I very quickly learned that like and I I would imagine that so many women uh have the same issue that when we're you know back up against the tree trying to sit and stay still I could not have my gun be up high enough like by putting it on my knee and um I borrow like we ended up borrowing uh someone else's shooting stick and so I've looked at um 
So I don't have one, but I've looked at uh, the Primos ones that Sharinda mentioned. I've looked at Bog. And then I, I also have seen, and I don't know the brand, but they have these like Velcro, it's like a Velcro strap with a pad that you, you wrap around your, your, your knee. So it gives you about two inches of height. And so I think I'm probably going to get that, that uh, strap but I also do want to get a shooting stick um, and then kind of see which one is more effective because for, for the reasons you mentioned, Marsha, about like, okay, a, a shooting stick is great, except for that you have to have it ready in the position, you know, like, and with a, with a tripod, with all of those things, there's definitely, um, I guess like a, a margin of error there that may not be there for those, like the strap, the, the pad. Um, I have no idea. So <laughs> Yeah. No, I like that. It's like a cheek pad, but for your knee. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 Keep me posted. I haven't heard of that and I'm intrigued by it because that's how I shoot. I do shoot from like, uh, uh, gosh, I don't even know, like with one knee up and one knee down, which is a super stable shooting position for me, but the gun is in the wrong position. Exactly. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about that. Um, Hannah, what's second on your list? Uh, second for me is actually, it kind of tags onto what you said about, about base layers. And that is have duplicates of your favorite things (laughs) in your backpack. So like, of course we carry, um, multiple, you know, shots of ammo, but uh, make sure that you have backup arrows, broadheads, a release. That's my number one is that like I have an extra release in my backpack that stays in my backpack 100% of the time because you just never know. You could drop it from the tree stand, um, it not work, lose it. What, I, like, it could falls out of your pocket. Um, and like I have dropped my release from a tree and that's kind of like how I know, like I said, I learned by making mistakes. (laughs) Um, so that's, and that's more of like a a general thing. So whatever that, that those things are for you, like you said, you, you want to bring extra base layers. Um, just whatever, yeah, whatever that thing is for you and you love it, uh, and you can get a duplicate, like absolutely do that to make yourself more successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And I also think it, it serves twofold too, is that, you know, I like because I'll use gear until it is like so worn you can't even recognize what it started out as being so and by that time they usually don't make it anymore (laughs) so if you have a backup you just double the life of of um that gear in your life which I which appeals to me I can't tell you how many times I like go looking for this pair of pants that fits perfectly and of course they don't make them anymore or they changed it yep Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharenda, what's second on your list? Um, for me, it's definitely, unless I'm upland hunting, and then I may just sneak my rangefinder because I'm still working on um, gauging distance um, using landmarkers and visually. But I usually have my binos and rangefinder. Um, if I ever get to a point where I can afford it, I would prefer to invest in a pair of binos that range at the same time, which I did learn of on accident that Bushnell has one that's 
almost within my price range. I'll have to save for it a little bit. Um, but most of them cost over a thousand to twenty five hundred dollars. Um, Bushnell has the fusion that is depending on where you get them from, anywhere from six to seven hundred. And another thing that I like about them is that depending on um the brightness or if it's dusk or twilight, it will switch the digital um reading from black to red. Nice. Oh, that's brilliant. Um I am really wanting that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I do have I have a pair of the Vortex Fury binoculars and rangefinders, which were a Christmas gift from my extremely generous father a couple of years ago. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, I'm with you. They're they're so pricey. But I do notice that I have difficulty um early in the morning, especially uh and late at night when light is low in reading the range. So I didn't I knew that was a problem and I, but I didn't know there was a solution. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if there are multiple brands that do it, but once I saw that they were a little bit more closer to my my price range, I didn't look any further, but I definitely always always have a rangefinder on me. Um even if I don't have my binos, I definitely have that, but I would love to have the best of both worlds. And did I hear you say that you do that for Upland? Or did you say unless I'm Upland? Um, I don't carry my binos if I'm Upland hunting, but I do carry my rangefinder. I'll click it um, onto my vest and I'll I'll walk and range and look and just try, you know, just trying to get my, my eyes used to, oh, that's 70 yards. Oh, that's 100 yards. Or, you know, so you don't always have to depend on them and just develop a, a recognition on yeah. how to it how you doing i'm getting better like i can successfully gauge out to 70 that's which awesome. was better than you know thinking oh that's about 35 and it was 21 yards. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool that's a good skill to have i find it like i find it incredibly challenging challenging especially when they're when you add in like elevation to the landscape and yeah. what's 50 or what's a hundred yards on flatland looks different when it's straight up. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. I have no concept of being able to range something that's flying. <laughs> um, but I do the same thing as Sharanda. Like when I get, when I get settled and I sit, I, that's the first thing I do is I pull out my range finder and I just start ranging points. Um, you know, when you have enough light, of course, cause I have the exact same problem that you, you ladies do that when it's too dark, mine, I can't, if it does read it, I can't read the rangefinder because it's dark. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, once once I've I've ranged those points, I pretty much put my rangefinder away and I switch I, I switch over to binos. So being being able to to eliminate a whole you know thing that you carry is always a good thing. Yes. Oh, it is because I mean when you think about it, you range you know you have your binos, you're like oh my gosh. And then you range it. Can I get it? And it's like, it's too much movement, mm -hmm. potential too much noise. And by that time, it's looking at you. You're looking at it. And it's probably running <laughs> off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna shift from the field to the water and uh, because the second item on my list is for fishing. And like I mentioned earlier, I will make do without gear. Uh, for as long as I can. And so when I started fly fishing, a couple of caveats. One, I don't like going in water past mid-thigh. If, if it's over my waist, then I'm 
swimming and not fishing <laughs> because I don't <laughs> want to stand in a river that deep. Um, and so when I first, so it took me a long time to get any type of wading gear. Um, and my first setup was actually a pair of neoprene socks in uh, Chacos which is great for getting in water that's a little bit colder than I like it, but it offers very little stability. So this past year, I bought my first pair of fly fishing wading boots, and I bought the Orvis Women's Ultralight wading boot with metal studs. And I took them out this summer, and I could run across the riverbed. It was so <laughs> amazing. Um, and so, again, for somebody like, you know, those riverbeds are they're unstable and walking in them um, feels precarious. And this just offered me a lot of stability and they are pricey. They're, I mean, they're 200 bucks, which, you know, overall for, for hunting and fishing gear is not that much, but um, it's still 200 bucks. I recommend it. Uh, I still don't have waders and I, I don't envision getting waders because again, if I'm deeper than mid thigh, then I'm probably not going to go out there. Um, and I don't mind going mid thigh most times of the year, but yeah, that's, that's my big list item. My high ticket item for this gift list is waiting boots. Do it. It's worth it. Um, okay. Number three, Sharenda, what's third on your list? Um, a knife. Nice. Tell me more. And I carry... <laughs> two sets. I have what I like to call my field knife, which is Tinkerbell's, the custom one. I had the privilege of getting uh, made by a lady I follow on Instagram, and it's just so pretty. But um, if you can't get a custom one, um, and if you're busy, because um, I don't per se like to keep buying the same thing over and over again. So the $20 knife, I noticed as much as I was harvesting, um, they had to get sharpened right. a lot. Oh, and such a good problem always, to have, Sharenda. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> I'm not complaining. But I don't always necessarily have time to take them down to the um, the, what's the guy that sharpens the knives. I forgot what the technical name is for them. I call them and knife sharpeners. Wanna, yeah. Yes, the knife sharpeners. And um, I bought a Havlon set where you can swap the blades out because if it gets dull and I don't have time to go down and, and get mine sharpened, then I can, I'll have, extra, I have extra blades on home. I can just swap it out real quick and run on out the house because there have been times where I get a call at four o'clock in the morning. Hey, I hear there's ducks down at the, the marsh. You want to go duck hunting? And then we're flying down the road and I'm like, oh. I'm glad I got these spares in here because this knife is dull and it comes in in handy. They're surgically, uh, they're surgically sharp. They're not heavy. The ones I have are in a roll case because I'm trying to be as minimalistic as possible. And then I carry my field one on my hip. It's just like my, my everyday carry when I'm out hunting. But the Havlons are definitely anything from um, cleaning birds to um clean and deer yeah, yeah if it's the if it's the one i'm thinking of i have that same one and it's a scalpel blade right yes it is. yeah i love that because I, I it's so easy to clean too yes like there's not these like weird crevices where you like can't get to because that's that's been my pet peeve um when i'm cleaning a knife like 
I can't get in there and I don't know what's in there and that grosses me. (laughs) I'm with you. Yep. I am with you. Whereas my custom one doesn't have crevices in it, so I don't have to worry about anything getting up in the tang and just gross gunkness. And the those surgical blades are also washable. Like I'll take them loose and wash them with just regular dishwashing liquid and water. Let them air dry and pop them back in. I've got multiple oh. uses out of them before I had to switch them. That's a good idea. Yeah, I second everything you guys have said about those replaceable blades. I I carry one um, and I love it. And, you know, I think uh, for people who haven't used them before, they're small. And so it looks like they wouldn't be as effective as a larger knife, but they are sharp. And I find them even more effective because they can, they're just so nimble um, and, and um, well, you can just manipulate them really well to get into where you need them to get into. And I find particularly when I'm quartering an animal or doing the gutless method that I need to switch blades halfway through uh, because I've lost a lot of the dexterity of it. And so I love that. Um, And I do also carry a separate field knife on my hip that I love, but Trenda, I have a question. Does yours happen to have like a gutting hook on it? Yeah. So uh, my field knife. Yeah. No, it actually doesn't, but the way that I had it made, um, it doesn't have the gut hook, but I could turn it upside down, pinch it, and still get a good stable cut on it. Got it. Because I'm curious um, how you sharpen that, and maybe the professional knife sharper person knows how, but I'm they curious do. How, you sh- yeah, how you sharpen well, that. That's yeah. a good point if it's on the knife. Yeah. As like, as like as you flip it up and the, it has the gutting hook on the other side. That's a, I never thought about that, about that getting dull and like you can't sharpen it yourself, but yeah, maybe a professional has to do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. The one I have here locally, their family, it's not like a pop-up, but their family has been sharpening knives in our areas for probably over 75 years and if you buy those professional chef knives like shun which are one of the really expensive ones you call shun and you give them kansas city and they refer you to this one particular knife sharpener so they're good they even sharpen serrated blades Ooh, that's what i've been wondering too um that's cool i need to find out i need to make friends with my local knife sharpener i haven't done that yet (laughs) definitely um so one one question I have for you guys with those replaceable blades is that I found it can be a little difficult to get mine off. And so I carry a multi-tool in the field with me as well for a couple different reasons. But that's one of the primary ones is that I just use the, um, the pliers to help get that blade on and off. So I have the Havilon attachment that you clamp over the the edge and it like you and it is it's still difficult for me to get that to get the uh, motion right to get it to come loose because it's 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 on there um but it's like a it's a guard and it and it you slide it in and close it and then that way you don't uh you don't have to worry about cutting yourself but I do still have trouble getting the blade off even with that <laughs> even with that Sharonda what were you gonna say I haven't. Mine's, um, it has a little switch that you can take it completely apart and check and make sure there's no gunk in it. But it also has a button that you can press to release the blade. Um, I have to see the link to it, but mine's is, 
it's uh actually pretty I found it pretty pretty easy to use. Uh, I just press a button and pop the blades out. And the button is placed ergonomically where you don't accidentally press it and lose the blade too. So I'll, I'll have to see you the link on that one. Maybe we're just doing it wrong, Marsha. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that were my situation. <laughs> well, in your new thing, I know they have two different, mo- two or three different models. And mine I found in the field actually a while back, um, which was like one of the best field finds I've ever had. It was this, uh, you know, bright orange handle, so you couldn't miss it. Um, and so I just picked it up and cleaned it and bought some replacement blades. Um, but I'm thinking it was probably an older model, maybe. So hopefully they've improved. Um, okay, so mine since is then. specifically called the Havlon Talon Hunt, and it comes with four blades. You have the gut hook, the fillet, the serrated, and then it has a small. It has extra gut hooks with it, so I got like four extra gut hooks. That's awesome. You ha- do you have all of those blades? Yeah, and it came in a, a roll patch that's uh, flush and flat Very with cool. a little handle and snapping, um, a snap piece that wraps around it so it stays flush. Uh-huh. And the blade, uh, it's got parts in it where the blades won't cut through. So it works out great. I could throw it in my, if your pockets are deep enough, you can throw it in your pocket. Yeah, that's very cool. Um. Hannah, what is the third item on your list? So I don't know. Maybe I went a little. I might may have gone rogue. So I'm huh. sorry if I if I don't know if I did. I, I did burritos last year. So just go go wherever <laughs> you need to. So I and for me this is like the last, but definitely not the least. You know, important thing is to be com- like confident in your abilities, and because that's first and foremost, right? Is that like when you go out, you are going out confident in your ability and your gear and you know how to use it properly. And when you have that animal in front of you, you know, that's one less thing that that goes through your brain, right? Like, can I do it? No, you know, you can because you've done enough of the work prep work ahead of time. So mine is a little more general in that like spend if you need to get like a range membership or like for either for bow or, or gun hunting, um, go, go to like an, like go, to a one-on-one like instructor or um, do events like group events um, or, you know, because actually I learned this. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know this cause I've, I've gotten, you know, the opportunity to talk to a lot of other women who hunt um, that a lot of us, like if we learn from boyfriends, husbands, whatever, um, oftentimes the dynamic of like instruction between partners is uh, not always the most effective. <laughs> not always. Um, there's, I mean, and I've had my moments like where I'm like, listen, I don't want to be corrected right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, or uh, like my favorite phrase is like, I hear the words you're saying, but can you try to say it in a different way? Because it's not making sense. It's not making sense to me. Yep. Um, but I would say like, this is kind of a fun one, especially if you're, you know, family's budgeting or whatever, do that cute little thing where you have like, make your own like coupon that they can redeem where it says something about like our 
archery or gun instruction with no yelling. Like you cannot yell. <laughs> <laughs> with positive tones only. <laughs> um, and that, I think that like, you know, that's absolutely for, for first and foremost and, you know, spending the money to have confidence in yourself is just priceless. Oh, I, yeah, I second that. That's amazing. And I would add fathers to the list of instructors who can be problematic. Yeah. <laughs> because I think any, any relationship um, that has other dynamics, I mean, it's just so easy to tense up um, and shut down on both ends. And so, yeah, getting out of the dynamic or having, I like those coupons of um, like an hour instruction where I let you take the lead and ask questions <laughs> instead of just yeah. telling you what to do. Um, those are priceless, literally and, and figuratively. Just, yeah, if that's just not possible, yeah, go to a third party because I think one that was one thing that I didn't realize that we all experience that same thing where like sometimes it just like you don't want to get instruction from your partner or your dad or whoever, but like a, th- a, a just a third party person helping you out, like for some reason, sometimes it clicks like those those instructions like just click better and it's you don't feel, um, and I don't want to say judged, but like, sometimes I guess maybe that could be one thing that you're feeling like there's like expectations of like, cause you've been doing it for so long and like, you should know this by now. And like, and it's not even necessarily that like your partner or dad is saying that to you, but women, we just like put so much pressure on ourselves anyway. So it like, <laughs> that could be a whole episode in and of itself. So I'll yes. just, yeah, I'll just say, that, you know, take the time for yourself to feel good about what you're doing. And I think like I would add to that too, because it is like that practice time before you're in the field is so important for so many different reasons. And it is hard to come by already, right? Like setting aside the time uh, to do that in addition to everything else, like don't let there be any more barriers than necessary. And if the dynamic between you and your instructor or partner is, is a barrier to even getting you to want to do it, remove that barrier and figure mm-hmm. out a workaround. Agreed. I think I got off lucky since, um, you know, I've shared previously, I didn't come from a family background or relationship background. So all of my training and exposure has been third party. But um, just a few weeks ago, we did recently have a discussion with some guys that we hunt with occasionally where they were like, you know, you girls come in here all cocky and self-assured and thinking you're going to get something. I think you're setting yourself up for failure. And we just want to No, we're not. It's like, no, you're supposed to have that assurance in yourself that you came here to do business and you're walking out of here with dinner and we're never going to change that. And if I don't get anything, well, at least it was a fun day and I got to hang out with my girls. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Confidence, man. Like confidence and overconfidence are two different things. And confidence always is a good thing, I think. Well, you know, we've probably had some occasions when we were overconfident, but those were the days when we realized we were harvesting more than they were. So it was all in fun. But Yeah, I don't know if that's overconfidence. Maybe just um, rubbing it in a little bit, which is a different thing entirely. And sometimes it's necessary. (laughs) I think there's a difference between I can't and I won't. Yeah. So like in the moment, you know, when you see an animal or whatever, you literally have like a split second to decide. 
And if you don't have that mindset of, I can't, that you're going to be so much more successful rather than, you know, you see an animal and you're, you're questioning if it's an ethical distance shot placement, like their position, all of those things like that, just that in and of itself, having that distinction of like, Ooh, I can't do it. No, no, it's not that I can't, it's that I won't or that I shouldn't. So. Yeah, that's a great distinction. I definitely agree with you because I've definitely passed up shots where it's like, you know, if I'm questioning if I can make that, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's that was that um, it goes back to that fair chase ethic where taking a good shot is more important than taking a shot mm-hmm. um, and and passing it up uh, is it needs to be a part of everybody's decision making process. Passing it up can and should be an option if there's any concern about placing the shot yeah the only time I don't follow that rule is if we're out doing sport and clay then mm-hmm. that's different that's mm-hmm. different that's that is. entirely different <laughs> excellent okay so the last item on my list is a wild rag which is also known as a cowboy scarf and so it's like a three by three three foot by three foot it's pretty big square silk handkerchief And I got to tell you that this is one of the most versatile pieces of gear that I own Um, because it is silk. uh, You can use it as a scarf or as a buff in both um, winter and summer. It's a washcloth. It's a towel. um, It can be a bandage or a napkin or a pot holder. It's just incredibly useful and incredibly versatile. um, And it's always with me when I'm in the field. So highly recommend it. Again, you can spend, I mean, Honestly, it's like $15 to $50, or maybe you can spend up to $100 if you get a super fancy one. But silk handkerchief, can't don't leave home without it. And they're called cow rags? Cowboy. So it's a wild rag or a cowboy scarf? Oh, wild rag or a cowboy scarf. Yeah. I'm going to look into that because the craziest thing that you guys have ever recommended, where I was like, what in the world has been like – a staple piece in my bag, the, uh, what is it called? The cooler cloth? Oh, yes. Oh, That's gosh. Awesome. That weird thing is an amazing gadget. Right? It is, isn't it? So, yes. It's not on any of our lists, but it should be. The cooler cloth, which is a field pea cloth. And I'm with you, Sharenda. I was, when I heard of that, I was like, okay, I've been peeing in the woods for, like, over a couple, you know, like a score a score and a half maybe like I've been peeing in the woods for a really long time um I can't imagine that this little thing's gonna improve that experience that much but it really it really does Um, yeah especially in the summertime or if it's super cold nice to have a little dab Um, Hannah, have you discovered the wonders of the Kula cloth yet? I have not. And I was kind of thinking it was something different than what you guys are talking about. So now I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah. And I know (laughs) that they recently are working. I'm not sure actually if it's up yet, but I know they're working on a design for archery hunters. So it's uh, colors align with colors that will allow you to get super close. Oh, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, and then, Sharenda, I was asked by Monica, our podcast producer, to um, hear about your ember. Oh, my goodness. That 
So Amber was originally debuted with Starbucks uh, back in, let's see, 2019 or maybe 2018. I'm going to say 2018, right before um, 2019. And it is a rechargeable, self-heating coffee mug that you can maintain a consistent temperature from start to last sip. So I like my coffee at 132 degrees (laughs) and it will stay that temperature until I am done. I have the smaller one because it hasn't died yet and I've actually had it since um, 2019, um, 10 ounces. And it's been a couple of times we lost power here due to the weather and I just hit the button because my cup was fully charged and I was able to heat up some water and pour some instant coffee in it and get two cups out of it. I also have the travel one, which I blackmailed my um, brother for that one. Nice. Uh, that one, you can charge it and you can travel with it. You can charge it at your desk at work. Um, it's got a, it's not uh, 100% spill proof. But it's, it's, I mean, leak-proof, but it's spill-proof because it has a closing lid. I mean, they're pricey. They're, they're, they're $100 or more, depending on what size you get. But everybody that really knows me knows I'm a coffee junkie and a coffee gadget apparatus um, addict. So it, it worked out. It worked out perfectly. I had this cup for going on three. What is this, 2019? Three, getting ready to come up on four years now. And I just maintain the perfect temperature cup of coffee or tea or whatever, as long as you want it hot. I I love it. Do you, have you used it in the field? So I've used the travel one and the battery only lasts on it about two hours. It's not really field proof because it's kind of like a uh, ceramic Got it. it is ceramic. It is breakable. Like, I wouldn't take it all the way out into the field. I, I actually go ahead and take my good old Camelback Thermal with the magnetic cap that won't make noise and keeps my coffee hot for like six hours. Or I'll take my, I call it the construction worker Stanley to keep mm-hmm. your coffee hot for love four Love my hours. Stanley. Yeah. Love it. Love it, love it. That's actually one of my prized pieces of gear because it is like a Stanley thermos from, oh gosh, I mean, it belonged to my grandfather and he would take it hunting when he and my dad did deer camp back in Michigan. And so it was like this inherited Stanley thermos where the interior is still glass and I just love it. Stanley rules. They do. They, you know, they're the original, and I don't mean this as an insult, but they're the original Yeti. (laughs) they really are it's so true (laughs) yep with that i mean with so much character and that green everybody you see the green and you know it's a stanley the green and the chrome you're sold you do yep you do and i asked so the lid to mine got lost or either accidentally thrown in the trash we haven't figured out yet but my mom bought me the uh mossy oak camo one oh nice and I was like, oh, mom, this is sexy. And she goes, oh, Lord. <laughs> I love it. Like, turkey won't see this one when I go turkey hunting this spring. <laughs> it's like the best of both worlds. Like, right? It's it's your coffee with your hunting. It doesn't get much sexier than that. 
Yes, unless you're hunting with somebody that doesn't want you to drink coffee, then there there may be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not a, yeah, you'll be happier. I'll be happier, which means you'll be happier if I'm fully caffeinated and warm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Do you have, this is like our bonus item. Um, do you have a way of making coffee in the field? Either of you? Yeah. Or heating water? Yes. What's that? I have. I sent the, well, you know what? Bring on the judgment. So I have an Optimus Crux um, little camping quarter size, I call it 50 cent piece size travel burner. Um, I also have a flash boil system that has the French press adapter. Mm-hmm. And I also have. I have a camping cappuccino maker. It'll actually froth milk and make coffee with just pouring it all in one thing, and it just does it. Don't judge me. No judgment at all. I'm, I'm, I want the link, please. <laughs> I give you the link. It's called a mucha, and it looks like a traditional Italian French press. The only difference is it has a valve in the inside of where you go ahead and put your coffee and water in the bottom um, container, and then you put your milk in the top part. So when the pressure pushes the espresso coffee up, it pushes air, which froths the milk, and then automatically mixes your coffee with the milk, and you have your froth on top. So you can pour it, and then you can then dump your froth on top, and it's just it's wonderful. That's brilliant. And I don't know why, like, I mean, that's something I would probably use daily at home even. Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It travels too. And the flash system is wonderful because, you know, you can get French press coffee in what, less than two minutes and 30 seconds. I would recommend Mm -hmm. taking a thermometer with you though, but I (laughs) love that thing. I play with it at home too. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I've got a jet boil which is very similar. And also I'm pretty sure it has a French press. It does. And if it did not come with one, you can buy it separate. I've researched that too. (laughs) Y'all. I love it. Uh, Hannah, do you have a way of heat and water? No, no, no. So I am, I love coffee. So I'm like, I'm here with you guys, but hunting, I can't drink coffee before. Um, and I'll drink a energy drink instead. So, um, just cause, because it makes you pee? Well, you know, the other thing, but yeah. Uh, that too. <laughs> timing is everything, right? Like timing is so important of when you drink your coffee and when you leave the house and when you get in the blind. Like, yes, we've all, yep, we've all put thought into what the ideal schedule is for our systems. 100%. I think I'm just used to it. I've been drinking coffee since I was 13, where yeah. it just, it, yeah, I don't have with. I get, well, you know, I don't have withdrawals, but I definitely get agitated easily, but I don't have the other problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real talk here on the Artemis podcast. I know, sorry. That was like, no, so some people are probably like, oh. <laughs> well, if they, if they even pretend for half a second that this isn't a problem for them, then they are lying That's true. <laughs> to themselves yeah. and to us. We all know what coffee does. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Um, okay. I have, uh, this has been so much fun and thank you both for your, your thoughts and your expertise. I have one closing question and that's what's on your gear wish list this year. Um, what's, what do you want to add to your gear? Hannah. So I actually do want a jet boil, um, just for, you know, 
safe for all the reasons that you guys talked about and Kate, you know, for after, for after my, mm-hmm. <laughs> after the hunt or, yes. um, you know, just like for survivalist like reasons and stuff, just to be able to, to cook food. And, um, I'm trying to think if there's, Oh, I think I do want a better pair of binos, but that's not necessarily Christmas. That might be <laughs> like, later like maybe 2022 wish list Mm -hmm. yep you get your your um it could be one of those building gifts right so like the first year you get the congratulations I've paid off 50 percent of this item and then the following year it could be yay no it's like a layaway gift yeah yeah (laughs) Sharenda what's on your gear list this year um I got a couple. Like I like I mentioned, I would definitely love um some ranging binos and a short um shooting stick. But my overall overall wish list is I would love to have a hunting um compound bow. Mm-hmm. That's a good wish list item. <laughs> That's a couple of years. That might be twenty twenty three for me. Right? <laughs> I'm telling you that layaway program is a good idea. And then just like yeah, hang yeah. a picture so you can like admire it every once in a while and remember that it's happening. I already did that, but there's, there's been no layaway action, but there's definitely stalker picture. <laughs> stalker picture. I like it. Uh, my wish list is a, is a, is a, is a cooler um, because I do like I hunt in a CRV. Um, and so all of my big game animals are quartered and then put in the cooler for transport. Um, and that's going to like, I'm not going to get a new car for, or a truck for this year. So it's going to stay that way for a while. So what I do want is a, um, a better cooler because the cooler I have just doesn't seal properly. Um, and so that's, on have you thought list. about what brand you wanted or like if you want one of those 10 day ones or wheeled or. Yeah. So I haven't, I've started some research. I haven't dug into it, but I do think one of those, like, I, I think one of those 10 day ones might be good. Part of me thinks like, I don't need to go that overboard, but I mean, sometimes I'm in the field for a week and if I'm lucky enough to harvest early on in that experience, then it is going to have to stay in there for, you know, five, six days. And then I don't, like space is a huge issue for me because I live in a tiny house and I just have one refrigerator. I don't have a freezer so or or a garage to hang anything. So it needs to stay, oftentimes will stay in the cooler while I'm processing it. So thank you for letting me think that question through out loud. Yes, I would love a 10-day one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One brand that um, my family gifted me was, and I didn't realize they made any Otterbox, um, their largest one. Um, If you quarter it out, you can harvest a whole whitetail in there, but it's a 10-day one. The only thing is they charge for every little thing. Like it doesn't come standard with wheels. So if you want to get the wheels Mm -hmm. that will actually function on all three sides, well, all three, both, I know the two larger sizes they have, that's a separate cost. Um, 
Yetis are definitely good and Arctics are definitely good, but now Arctic has one now that it's supposed to be lighter, like how Pelican cases went to the Pelican vault because mm-hmm. they're lighter. So you definitely got some research to look into this year. You got options. <laughs> I got options. Maybe I can see if we can find any sponsors and that will help me narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you would, you would think with your platform that they would sponsor you because, I mean, as much as you you hunt and all that you're involved with, you would definitely be putting it through the test. I would. I will get back to you all on that. See if we can get, if anybody with these coolers is listening, call me. <laughs> I'm just saying, you put you put a 10-day cooler in a hunting woman's hand and she come <laughs> back and she goes, ladies, it really did hold 10 days. I could haul it with my harvest in it with no issues. I'm thinking right. money game changer. <laughs> Especially, like, because you're talking about the wheels. Uh, like, that's something I could move myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I was Definitely. just thinking. Because size is always my big question mark. Because we have one that's huge. And then I just got one that was gifted that is small. I think it's 20 quarts. I don't know. Um, 27? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's can pretty, you fit it's a, in it? Like, <laughs> no, I cannot. The other one, I probably could. But so like we are on opposite ends of the spectrum, spectrum in my house of what we have. And like, I can move the small one, no issues. I cannot pick up the other one, like cannot move it even if it's empty. So wheels, like Sharenda kind of blew my mind there with wheels because I never thought about that before. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I have the, I have, well, it's not bad anymore, but I have scoliosis, so I have to be mindful of my back and weight. So that otter box, I think mine's a 65 quarts. It's large, but I can lift it empty and with some stuff in it. And, you know, I wasn't a fan that the wheels were a separate purchase, but they're all terrain wheels. And then something else I had on there was it's, um, has, I call it the bear proof locks on it oh nice automatically that's cool and that probably helps it keep a tight seal too oh it it does and it, you can even get other accessories in there like ice packs that fit perfectly into it chopper bottle opener that comes with it <laughs> got holes where you can actually lock it and huh all right i i know which rabbit hole i'm going down tonight <laughs> it's the, the the cooler rabbit hole Awesome. All right. Thank you both so much. This was a lot of fun. Um, any closing thoughts? No, just thank you for, for having us. This was, this was fun. I, I always learn something and I hope, you know, everyone listening did too. (laughs) Same here. Same here. Like, I don't know if you ladies heard me when I was, what was that again? That was me jotting down notes for me to go look it up later. Cause I always get good tips on gear from you ladies yep same here um yeah i i like you have a long list of things that um i'm gonna follow up on and if our listeners feel the same check out our show notes we will link to as many of the items we talked about as we possibly can and final note thank you so much for joining us and listening to this special episode of the artemis podcast if you are in the giving mood please consider donating to artemis all money generously given to artemis goes directly towards connecting and supporting sportswomen and girls all across the country and towards vital conservation work to ensure the future of our hunting and fishing heritage you can donate by visiting artemis at nwf.org donate 
And we also know that not everyone is in a place where they can contribute financially. We're also very grateful for your time and attention. Uh, Please leave us a review or share our podcast with a friend. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Until next time, be bold, stay curious, and get outside.